0: everybody, welcome to Storytime with John and Friends. I'm your host, John. Today we have another great episode for you. My friend, Andrew Valentine, called in. You may remember Andrew from the band Hartwell, and he also has a podcast called Running Into the Ground. His podcast is great. He has a lot of great guests on there, uh, anywhere from musicians to comic book artists, comedians. Uh, he, It's everything. It's everything that you could be interested in, I guarantee you'll find an episode that you could like. Make sure you follow his Patreon as well. In this episode, me and Andrew talked a lot about music in the beginning, as well as touring. Uh, he shared some stories of touring on the road with Hartwell, as well as Hello Goodbye and Hanson. We also talked about shows that we played together back in the day on tour. It was a lot of fun to reminisce and relive some of these stories. I do want to go ahead and apologize ahead of time for the video in this episode, uh, I do have video and everything, but the Zoom call was kind of weird. It didn't send me just his video, so I had to kind of make do with what I had. Unfortunately, at some times while he's talking, the camera's on me. Other times when I'm talking, it's on him. It is what it is, but I will figure it out, fix it for the next one, and it won't be an issue again. I appreciate you guys sticking around. Enjoy the show. You we were pissing me on dreams every day. <laughs> big ball
1: of heat in the sky it was too much. I, I thought there was a bear! Reality, of yeah, Fresco. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> 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 hey, everybody.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome
0: to... Welcome to... Welcome to... to, to Storytime. 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 So, uh, what? Tell me a little
1: bit about your podcast. Um, so, I do a show called Run Into the Ground. We have... People that are like music and music adjacent uh, come on and talk about a record they like. Um, it's been it's been insanely fun. Um, the people that we've been able to manage like to wrangle to come on or it's, it's it's real stupid. Um, when does this come out? I'll I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you who. So
0: this will come out on Tuesday. Oh, okay, cool. Like this um,
1: Tuesday. Actually, no, it's already out. Uh, we just had Justin Pearson from the Locust on.
0: Okay, um, very cool.
1: And it's, it's insane. It's such a good episode. Uh, we did a, we did an episode about the first drive by Jehu record, um, which unfortunately like days after he decided to do that record, uh, Rick from Jehu passed away. So it was like, it was like a real, you know, special episode. So that was really fun. But you know, we had Jeff Rickley on, which was cool. Um, we, you know, podcasters and comedians, uh, it's all been, been really fun. Um, luckily uh my co-host dan and i have a really contentious relationship on air so it's always it's never a dull moment
0: right that's awesome i yeah. uh, i did i've i think the last episode i checked out was um comic book uh creator oh yeah maybe be a couple yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe a couple, of, couple of weeks ago a few weeks ago yeah ian yeah, uh
1: talking about 311. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like the yeah. only bad part of this is having to listen to bands that I have no interest in ever listening to. <laughs> and not yeah. that I don't like 311, but the transistor record, seriously, I think he compared it. I think he said transistor was there kid. A. And I was like, you man. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's you know, crazy. music hits people in different ways. So I guess yeah, I can't sure. yuck. Someone's yum, but, um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, fun. I
1: I uh, I never thought. I've always wanted to do a podcast. Um, Dan and I, I used to have like this really long like hour drive to work. So Dan and I would like talk on my drive down and on my drive back. And I was like, "Yeah, why don't we just make a podcast?" Because I don't want to talk to you this much. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it's been it's been really good. We're coming up on episode a hundred. Um, we have very special guest for episode hundred,
0: and I cannot wait. That's awesome! Uh, yeah. Congratulations on a hundred, man. That's, Thank that's, you. That is crazy. You guys, so how often do you guys release? Because you guys came out. You you're started in what March? Yeah, March of last, of last year? year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm only a couple months behind you, and I know I'm bi-weekly, but I'm yeah. like not. I'm a quarter of the way. Well, as you guys.
1: So what we do is we do we do a weekly episode that comes out really early on Tuesday morning. Um, and that's usually with a guest, and then Dan and I do solo Patreon episodes that come okay. out every other Friday. So that's what six episodes a month. Um, right. And I think I think we were doing extra episodes at some point too. I don't know. All that blurs together now. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Um, I I um, I love talking. And I especially love talking shit about records. So, um, yeah, it's been a really good experience. You know, I'm only like sort of half serious. I, you know, I I, I don't think that you can really judge art that way. Um, I agree. But but it's still fun to talk. You know what I mean? Um, Everyone loves
0: talking. Oh, my
1: God. Who doesn't? I feel like it's a it's a it's a northeast thing. Like we're pros at it. I don't know how right. you feel about it. Yeah. Um, every moment that I ever spent in a van with like four other dudes was always just roasts. So it. Yeah, uh, that's
0: that's part of the camaraderie, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. Love you that. know, I sometimes wonder, like, what what did other people do? Like, what do normal people do with their friends?
0: You know. Dude. Okay, I have a question for you. Hit when me. you got when when you toured with Hartwell, did you guys have yeah. a dildo? No. Okay. So I had a guest on. Um, a while ago, and he said that they had a dildo that they toured uh-huh. with. And every he claims, every band he knows that tours has a dildo. Tr- the traditional never had a dildo, right? So you heard it here first. Not every band <laughs> tours yeah, with a dildo. I can't imagine um,
1: a dildo. Wow, I can't think of anything. The only thing we ever had was like a five-pound thing of goldfish between
0: the front seats, and that was it. Not even remotely close to a No, not effect. even well. You know, dildo,
1: goldfish. It gets you the same place. Either way, you're, right, you're, you're coming, right. so I'm exactly. into that. Um, wild, though. What would you... I mean, besides just... I mean, I guess having a dildo would be useful. <laughs> we did... Uh, I think after a certain point, we had nerf guns, which was super fun to, like... I remember going through Ohio and... Shooting Nerf guns at people's cars at red lights, um, and this girl scooping up a big old handful of change and winging it. At the <laughs> thing, so stupid. Ohio is such a shit pit,
0: dude. I actually, I I love Ohio. I Get hate the New Jersey, man. I hate New no!
1: Jersey. Oh, <laughs> you take that back. The second New Jersey is like, if I believed in God, I would say New Jersey is like
0: God's gift to the planet. Oh man, I just I. I I have so much hate in my heart for, for New Jersey. Men. Why? I, because we, the, Let's unpack the, this. The only place I've ever gotten a ticket while on uh-huh. tour, touring for eight years, uh-huh. was New Jersey. Yeah. And I followed the rules and listened to my GPS, turned left. Can't turn left in New Jersey. No, you Just can't, can't, can't do turn left. It. Nope. Just can't do it. Makes nope. no sense. My GPS told me sense. to do it. I did it. <laughs> I was pissed. Wait,
1: I wonder. I I wonder if your GPS was just trying to get you in trouble. I remember. Well, I remember the first time I had to talk my way out of a ticket on tour, which was in New York City, making a left in Manhattan, uh, and or no, making a right on red in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and uh, getting immediately pulled over by a cop who was like. What's wrong with you? And I was like, "What's wrong with you?" Um, I also think that was right next to Ground Zero, and this was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So tensions were still a little high. You know, they probably blamed us. So, you know, never forget, man. Never forget.
0: You're in Philly right now? No, I live yeah. in Baltimore. Oh, you live in Baltimore? Okay, okay. Yeah, go go yeah. Ravens, go Ravens.
1: Uh, honestly, one of the worst places um, I've ever lived. Um, but, you know, this is where I am. Bought a house yeah. here. I like it so much.
0: That's great. I love that. I guess. House is rule. I'm, uh, yeah. I heard you say earlier, it's such a nice setup or whatever. This is just my basement. I'm like... You know, so
1: we we moved in. I actually planted that guitar right there a couple minutes ago just because I was like, I I, I guess I have to. I thought the other one would be in the shot. It's not, so... You know, I always thought I would hang guitars in the back, but that's sort of lame. I don't know how you feel. I would never hang a guitar.
0: I think if it's done tastefully, it's okay, but, like... What would be untastefully hanging a guitar, just out of curiosity? It would be... In my opinion it would be like what is around it also hanging. Oh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you had like a bunch of records and like hanging around it and just yeah. like a ton of cool stuff, it could look really cool. Sure. If you don't do it like that, I I agree. I think it would look Yeah. silly.
1: It feels like an old man thing to do and not, you know what I mean? I'm I'm pushing old man status, so that's fine.
0: Do You still play? I do. Um we I me and Anthony started a new band, the singer of uh the traditional Uh called genesee hotel which is like a 90s pop type style yeah i love that so uh we've been doing that um we're not very active just he's got two kids i have one that's due any day now um wow and then yeah uh so we just we kind of just play when we get a chance you know we write music we have stuff that we've had written for like over a year now that we haven't recorded yet because we just released Mm -hmm. another record last summer sometime I don't yeah. I don't remember but yeah are you are yeah you still i have playing? um
1: no i <laughs> my kid my kid is turning 2 next month okay um Very cool. and the most the most i ever played was when my wife was like heavily pregnant cuz i was like well i, I don't want to go out so just in case um and i would sit and play but like you know once every month i sort of take it out and noodle for about 5 minutes just to prove to myself that i still know how to play i don't know do you watch the bear
0: so we watched most of the first season, and then uh-huh. life, life just got in the way. So it's still on our list to finish, because we really did enjoy it. But we have not yeah. gotten through the first season yet.
1: So season two, not going to ruin anything for you, but there's a lot of really wild REM needle drops. Okay. Uh, and so I, oh, this week, I've been heavily involved in, in listening to REM, and I picked up my guitar uh, yesterday so I could learn... Strange currencies. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar, but holy shit, what a song! Um, but then you get sort of angry because I'm like, oh, sh- all of these songs are GCFD, and that's it. I need more.
0: That's... Okay. I mean, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen that uh, like skit on YouTube? It's like these comedians. They play. One has a guitar. One has a keyboard, and then I forget what the other one has. He has like a tambourine or something. But mm-hmm. they make a joke about how. Every massive song you've ever heard on Mm -hmm. the radio, it's all the same four chords. Yeah. And it's the same chord progression, too. They just just sing it a little differently or they play it a little differently to make it the next big song. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's most music out there today. Like anything on the radio, at least yeah I
1: mean have you ever listened to restorations? every restoration song <laughs> goes the same way too um yeah. they just happen to fuck harder than most I guess um yeah i I don't know about i I always had a rule in Hartwell that I would never write a song where I played a power chord um and I would never write a song where I just played like a straight open chord so did, which are did you weird... Stick to that? Yeah, which are weird, like hard and fast rules to stay, Um, like goofy, real dumb, like, you know, narcissist bullshit. But (laughs) if it works, then it works,
0: too. You know, so
1: I think um, and I don't know about I don't know about your writing process. I I could never write alone. I I don't know that I've ever only maybe maybe twice in my life. Have I ever written a song without somebody else in the room? Um, Okay. Like I you know I need I need to bounce ideas off. I'm no good on my own. Right. Um, I think mostly because I, I I think I have too much of a filter but I think when you put those rules on yourself, it like opens you up to uh, to like something unnatural. you know what I mean I don't do you listen to the flaming lips? I do yes. so um, early on in their career right before the Soft Bolton came out, um their like guitarist quit the band and okay. so they had made this rule that like they would only put a guitar every 3 songs or something um and i think that like i don't know i sort of wish i had people to, to collaborate with cuz i'm full of stupid ideas but um yeah rules are rules are sort of cool like not like life rules but i think music rules are sort of sort of cool
0: yeah i feel like it it makes you kind of step out of your uh, comfort zone, you know, and, you, and you're like more creative. That's like, I feel sure. like that's like how math rock became a thing. You oh know? my like, God. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like Some Dickhead were like, was like
0: one rule. Like, yeah. No four fours. Like,
1: okay. So here we go. Um, we're going to do this first part in five and then switch to three to four <laughs> back to five for the bridge. Um, but nothing repeats.
0: Simple addition, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't buy into
1: that. I like I could never be. Can you play drums at all? I can't play drums at all. I'm a drummer, so yes. Oh,
0: right. Uh, I. For, been, why been, did <laughs> I think you played guitar? Well, then never mind. Uh, I don't know. How do you uh, do yeah, it, I, uh, dude? I. So what's funny is so this is 28 years for me drumming, Um Fuck. And before that, I played piano for two. So when I was two, mm. I started playing piano. Played for another year and a half maybe after i started drumming are you not
1: 40 yet how old are you i'm 32 oh you motherfucker okay (laughs) go ahead yeah so (laughs) so
0: i uh yeah i've i've just been doing it forever you know so it's uh i i hate it at times and i love it at times i don't know
1: how much do you get annoyed when you're a practice and somebody goes well here it goes like this give me your
0: drumsticks do you, you like people get, get away with that? Yeah, I, I would for like some, depending on who it is. Um, right. The only thing that annoys me is when guys are like, it's a, and they just like can't, you know what I mean? And you're like, you're, you're, no, just no. no. And then they're like, no, you just, you, you're not listening to what I'm saying. It's, and it's like, I, no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know if, if Adam, Adam played, uh, Adam Serdan played drums in Hartwell and then played drums in dry jacket. And if you've never listened to dry okay. jacket, that's a fucking band. But, okay. um, if I was writing something and I couldn't dictate to him what I was trying, what I was thinking, I would like pick him up out of his throne and take him out to my car and be like, listen to this. But don't do it like this. Yeah. Um, we were really, or at least I was, real, real heavily influenced by Mock Orange, um, especially like sort of halfway through the band. Um, and so I would make him listen to these weird Mock Orange parts. Um, Heath is such an incredible, incredible musician.
0: Right? Hmm. Yeah. It's uh, as it yeah, it's weird. I like I said, like the um. That's probably the most annoying part. I actually welcome constructive criticism with my drumming too, because no. I don't. I do. I actually really do. I you can't do that. Don't <laughs> always have an idea. You know what I mean. Right. And I am a strong believer in less is more. But I can't play the same fucking beat for every goddamn song. Sure. Because who wants to do that after drumming um, for twenty plus years?
1: Trey Cool. Fair. Fair. Uh,
0: I was Take like, can I, I name 30 either.
1: more? Uh, who was the drummer <laughs> for the Strokes? That guy loves playing that one beat.
0: <laughs> so does that. <laughs> so
1: does that chick from the White Stripes. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Yeah.
0: Do you know anything about that? I know nothing about that band. I. Okay. So I know nothing. I know. I thought when I was younger that that was his wife. But then, right recently, I think I found out that it was sister.
1: Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. I, mean, that's, so, yeah. I think that's. I don't know. I, I think that's that's, that's that's also my trajectory of understanding, if I <laughs> if I remember right. But um, I used to listen to that band and be like, "How the fuck could anybody play drums this bad?" And then, like, a drummer friend of mine pointed out that like it's actually really incredible drumming. Um. Because it like sits in this pocket. He was like he's like, Don't you think Ringo's an incredible drummer? And I was like, No dog, no, Ringo, no. <laughs> Ringo's my least favorite. I don't even like the Beatles. Ringo's like the least important of anything to me. Um yeah. But like, you know, I, I I'm not a White Stripes fan, but um I think Meg's drumming's great. Um it's real just like filthy, just like the band is. I think it fits the band really well. Like can you it imagine does fit like the band? Have you ever listened to uh I, this is turning into like have you ever listened to but um <laughs> like early thermals records? No. All all of those songs are just like uh I how did he word it? I was listening to a podcast with him and he's like it just all sounds like bam bam goong goonga goong goon, ga and when he finally yeah. got a drummer he was like can you play less good um yeah, it's one one thing that I feel like I've always been really lucky with was playing with really, really great drummers. Um right. I'm not a good musician by any stretch. Um I like to party and that's about it. Um, as we all do. But yeah, I've Adam was is is such an incredible drummer. Um even before that, my band's in high school. Um you know, I, I was always lucky to play with these really incredible drummers. Chris Donigan. if you're out there, I got you, boy.
0: <laughs> Shout out Chris Donigan.
1: Yeah, made me listen to so m- <laughs> He used to be like, why can't we write songs more like the Beastie Boys? And I was like, hold on, I have an answer. I can't rap.
0: Yeah, but they barely could, too.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's another band. Holy shit. What a, what a generational talent.
0: It's... Uh... I love I love the Beastie Boys especially I like respected them so much more growing up knowing that they played their instruments like mm-hmm. on those songs which is just I mean they didn't do it great but no. it, that's why I loved it because yeah. it, it was like it was it was like a punk rap band yeah you know I mean love if you
1: that. listen to Sabotage Sabotage is like a a a diss track in real time what did Mike D just got real drunk and went in and just started yelling at somebody and that's sabotage. Like that's incredible. And it's amazing. The song. Yeah, that shit doesn't happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Yeah, I remember uh I don't know how much he would want me telling people, but Jeff Kummer, the drummer of the uh the early November, used to write songs in the back of the van that were the most like vulgar, amazing songs (laughs) you've ever heard. Um he wrote he wrote a song that was like from the perspective of a very angry vagina, um, <laughs> and I and I and complete with like a of a, a vocal breakdown in the middle. But That's what? A, awesome. Yeah, Jeff Cummer, another generational talent. Everybody
0: love that. <clears throat> I uh, I do that quite a bit uh, when I'm with my wife and we're just in the car listening to music or whatever. I'll change uh-huh. the lyrics to something disgusting, you and gotta. she's like, she just she'll either laugh or she'll be like. That was horrible.
1: Yeah. Which we either with love you? it or hate it. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of what's wrong with you. Um, the thing I'm most guilty with, uh, singing along the records um, in the car, is trying to add harmonies where harmonies don't exist. That's all
0: I do, dude. That's I'm all so, I do.
1: I'm so bad at it, too. And there's harmonies that I've added my whole life, especially like yeah. 90s rock songs. Like, I've never sang any Eddie Vedder vocal line. I've always <laughs> sang like a fifth up and yeah. and at a weird scat man pace. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I do the same thing. I, uh, dude. I so I did all the harmonies when I was uh, drumming for the traditional, and I do them in Genesee Hotel. But it's like, that's how you stay on top of it, dude. That's yeah, like, sure. I don't even have to think about it. It just comes mm-hmm. naturally. You know, that's a, that's mm-hmm. actually a really, in my opinion, that's a really smart way to vocal train yourself. Sure. Love that.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always been like, you know, you can be shit on stage, but as long as everything sort of starts and stops at the same time, you're like sort of, Okay. Right. Um, and a lot of that has to do with your drummer staying staying on point. And if your drummer's singing back up, you know you know like that part's not gonna fail. Hopefully it won't fail.
0: Right, yeah. That's why I play to a click. Live? That? Yeah, dude. Is you that, is that our whole- fucking psychopath. <laughs> dude, what here's the? here's my thing, is like when I so I didn't drum on the first traditional record. I was on tour with some other friends filling in and their drummer quit, so they had like, just finished recording that, their first EP. And um, they asked me if I wanted to join, I said yes. So when I started and agreed to that, I was like, I'm going to do this, but under one condition. I like to play to a click, we're sticking to the click. Because it needs to be as tight uh, as a unit as possible. Because our, one of our biggest things was we wanted to sound like our record. We wanted, when you were there, we wanted it to sound like you put the record in and just fucking, it's blaring as loud as it can in your face. Mm-hmm. And I feel that we succeeded in that most nights, some nights not so much, uh, depending on how much we drank. But that goes with any any show, so. There's a, um,
1: there was a point, I mean, I, I guess I reference Hartwell a lot just because that was a real turning point in, like, my songwriting, but... There was a point in Hartwell where it got to be fun, like what can we add? What weird shit can I play that like no one will notice? or you know, um, you know, how can I make this this song I've played a hundred times be more fun for me to play, which is like sort of a narcissistic way to look at being in a band. well, being in a band is sort of a narcissistic thing anyway, but um. I remember uh, we used to do between songs. I used to do this like real bad, dissonant, almost like screamo thing. That was real slow but real gross. Um, And they would like beg me not to do it before the show. Like, please don't do that thing. (laughs) We would get to the part and they would be like, "Please don't, please don't do that." And I would, I would do it anyway because I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, people also also say, "Please don't kiss Scott on stage during this part." And I would say, "Well, that's not going to happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna kiss Scott every chance I get."
0: <laughs> that's great. I um, I feel like that is something that a lot of bands do too, though, where they like change shit up just because they're bored. Mm-hmm. I I actually saw, so I saw Jimmy Eat World do, um, uh, what's I'm having a. Brain fart. Uh, what's the record with uh, the middle? Oh, bleed American. Bleed American. Uh, I so I saw them do the ten ten year uh, anniversary of it front to back, and when it came to the middle, he did not play that solo.
1: No, they never com- do.
0: A, he he plays a different solo, and I'm like, he's just bored because yeah, well, that's I, not I, a, that difficult a, a solo.
1: The that right. thing that sounds yes. hard. I've I've. I've seen them play that, I mean, so many times, and they've never played and I just assumed it was too hard of a solo to play. Yeah, N- Nothing See, against I, you, Jim, or, 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 uh, or Tom.
0: Right, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm a drummer. I, I don't play guitar. I can't really say. But I've played with people who've done that solo no problem, and I'm like,
1: yeah, you didn't
0: write I it. I could never do it. So what, I don't know. Do
1: you, what, how do you, what do you think about uh, Zach's drumming?
0: I love it. I do, do love you? his drumming. Yeah, um, I will say, I don't love every record, so I can't really go off of. Ooh, uh, let's
1: talk shit. What records don't you like? See, Bleed American. I listened to maybe three times and literally signed it to Roadside Records. Like I, th- I won that thing out of a car okay. on a date, which is even wilder. But
0: wow, yeah. I uh, see, see. That record is. Uh, I love that record, Bleed American. Interesting. Um, I loved uh Clarity. Who doesn't? Clarity's great. yeah. Uh what was the record after with Pain? Uh is that Futures? Futures. Futures. Uh Futures I loved um Chasing Light. I didn't oh, Chase hate this it. Light. Or Chasing Light had some really great songs Dude, on. I I didn't hate it, but I mm. didn't I like I it didn't get on a regular rotation for me. So mm. I just it just I didn't the, do it for me.
1: The for a band that had like one hit single, um, the singles that they wrote for Chase This Light, I thought were like some of the most incredible songs they wrote. Like, I'm a I'm a sweetness hater. I think that song is the worst fucking pe- pile of <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. Okay, um, it's so boring. It's it's two parts over and over again, like. Right. And I remember hearing that when they were on tour for Clarity, when they would play it live. And I was like, I guess I can go to the bathroom now, because this song <laughs> is poo-poo. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I, you know, I and I I didn't listen to anything after Bleed American at first, because I hated it so much that I was I, like... That's crazy. I can't let this band, because, um, I mean, I, I'm an old man. You know, I remember when... When Static Prevails came out, and I was like, I've never heard anything it sounds like. Like, a, a, a no-name band on a major label that puts out, like, this amazing art rock record? Like, that's incredible. Uh, and then Clarity came out, and obviously that record's amazing. Um, and when I heard Bleed American, I was like, I don't want this. It's too slick. It's too plastic. Um, Authority song is, like, offensively terrible. <laughs> um, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Head in the oven, like I don't even want to listen to music anymore. Listening to that song, um, but I was working. Do you ever play the Trocadéro in Philly? Uh,
0: I think we mostly played like a apartment building basements. Um, oh, I forget what it where. How exotic! It was like um, a super punk area. But yeah,
1: but one of my one of my like you know my childhood favorite Philly venue was the Trocadéro, and I and I got an opportunity to work there for a little bit. And I remember saying to one of the one of the guys um that I, I'd never listened to Futures and I was not interested. And and we sat there, we delayed the opening band so that we could play the entire record like over the speakers while yeah. people waited. <laughs> uh and that record's incredible. Yeah, Futures um, is really good. It's you know, it was I think that that should have been if if I could if I could nix um uh, Bleed American and skip right to that. I think I would.
0: Strongly Although maybe disagree, I should come back around on it. Strongly disagree. However, uh-huh. to each their own. I just sure. I think that 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 record for me like what do you like about it? T-
1: t- uh, sell me, Bleed American.
0: You know what? It's I'm I'm terrible at this kind of shit. I so maybe it's because of how old I was when that record came out, and it was just like I wanted to be that. That drummer, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that record flows very well together, and each song, in my opinion, you're going to disagree with this. I don't think there's a bad song on that record. Mm. I think the dynamic it starts off strong, kind of builds, comes down a little, and then finishes strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's, what's uh, the
1: end of that? What? What's? I'm going to look at the track listing right yeah, now. Go ahead. So. Anybody, anybody who's watching me be on my phone, I'm, it's for research purposes only. Why wouldn't I just go to Spotify? What a dickhead! Uh, Jimmy Eat World, there you are. How many monthly listeners does Jimmy Eat World have?
0: They have to have so many nine
1: nine point eight million. Yeah, Fuck dude, they've been around forever. All right, Bleed American. Uh Bleed American praise chorus the middle. Those are that's a strong start. Sweet yep. your house sweetness couldn't care less. Hear you <laughs> me is like the most melodramatic bullshit I've ever heard. Um if you don't don't is a good song. Yep. Get it faster, cautioners. Oh my sundown. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even think I've ever listened to that song considering yeah, I, uh, it's right after the worst song ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It, like I said, maybe it's just uh, from my age, you know, at that stamp, uh, the way I looked at it at that age. I just loved it. And it's still, I'll still listen to it and I I enjoy it, you know, so. Yeah. But it's another yeah, one mean, of those things where I do the harmonies where they're not supposed to be, uh, <laughs> you know? <yeah.
1: laughs> I mean, you can't not. Jim's uh, Jim's vocals leave such an opportunity to sing. Jim in my opinion, Jim uh structures his vocals a lot like Ben Gibbard does. Okay, I can um, see that. Ben Gibbard's, you know, what uh, uh, you know, another one of my favorite songwriters because I'm, you know, of that age, uh and White. And um <laughs> and I just I think that like when when singers write these really, you know, incredible melodies and then back it up with a cadence that's like unforgettable, it opens you up to like, you know, fill in all the other stuff. Cause there's not a lot, you know, Jimmy Eat World, Jim will do harmonies with himself. Right. Um, but I can't think of many places where, like, Ben Gibbard does harmonies with himself. I'm not really sure either. That's your Death Cab for Cutie moment. Dude, um, I so saw,
0: I saw them play with our Philharmonic. That was amazing. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, that I was saw awesome. Them,
1: I saw them play in a West Philly basement. Pretty That's much the same thing. Pretty sick. That's pretty sick.
0: <laughs> yeah, Maybe. know that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> What's the... Here, What here's... I, I have... I don't know why... Just because I do a podcast, I have a bunch of questions for you too. Yeah. So here's my question What's the biggest band that you've seen in the smallest room?
0: That's a good question. Um, Hell yeah. I saw saw Fallout Boy play Take This to Your Grave in a 300 cap room when they were playing arenas. Yeah. Uh, This this was when they were, it was during the MySpace days. It was a MySpace secret show, and it was under the name Shroot Farms. Oh, yeah. And, 4 years strong opened. Uh, they like no one knew who they were yet. They were just like that was their introduction into my you know music life. Yeah, I was in tenth or eleventh grade, so like mm. two thousand seven, two thousand six around that time frame. Um, they dude, that was awesome. That was a really fun time. I've I worked at a uh, I worked at Town Ballroom down in Buffalo. It's it's a decent sized venue. It's like a thousand cap room. Mm But, like, you remember CeeLo Green? Oh, yeah. So CeeLo Green actually played our venue a week or two after he got canceled. And we couldn't give tickets away because of all the the shit that happened. What what did he get
1: canceled for?
0: He was on The Voice at the time. And I don't remember where it came out, but it was either on The Voice or it was on an interview or whatever. He basically said that he roofies his dates. Ooh. Yeah, if I'm allegedly, allegedly, mm. I don't mm. remember exactly mm. if that's a hundred percent what it was, but I think that's what it was. But what was what stood out about that show to me was we couldn't cancel it. We tried to cancel mm. it. We couldn't cancel it, but like they still had to pay him if right. they, you know. So they were like, "So let's it. see we'll what assholes show up." Yeah. So, basically, they, were, they gave everybody on the staff, like, as many tickets as they wanted and said, just give them away. We just need right. people to buy alcohol. Like, we need people <laughs> in the door. Uh, I could say there was less than 20 people that showed up for that show. Oh, yeah. He still performed. And then he, you know that song, Fuck You? Yeah. I've been driving around. Well, he wrote uh, another song called Fuck You. No. And performed it there for the first time. Jesus Christ. Christ. And essentially, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly what it was, but this is what my memory has of it. He essentially was saying, I do what I want. You can't mm. tell me what to do, so fuck mm. you. Sure. Meaning, like, I'm not apologetic for the things that I've done that I'm now currently being canceled for, which That's... blew my fucking mind. I uh... CeeLo green, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um...
1: I uh I saw I don't know. Do you like May? I
0: feel like a love, lot of people love like Love May. May. Love May.
1: Um right when um that destination beautiful yeah. is that what that record was called? Yep. Right when that came right when that came out, or maybe it was a little bit later, they played a show in Philly at the church with plain white tees. Okay. and there were probably 15 people there
0: holy shit
1: um and it was real weird like i don't know if you're religious and if you are i don't, I don't want to offend you by any means but uh okay i i, I do want to offend religious people but <laughs> anyway um they i something had happened to somebody in may and they had gone to some religious camp i don't know if it was like a uh like, uh, what do they do to gay people in, in Christianity? They, they just like uh, try reverse, to convert them, don't they? Yeah. Reverse engineer them or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, they kept saying like, you know, praise God he's back. And I'm like, is this a bit, if this
0: is a bit, it's genius. If it's no. not, it's fucked up. So I did grow up in a born again household. Me uh, too. May was known to me as a Christian band. Right. So that makes total sense. That, that, that what was an how.
1: amazing, what an amazing grift! I always thought, like, if I ever really, really needed money and like songwriting, I thought was like a good way to do it, I would either do a Christian band or like a white power band, just not put my <laughs> name on it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Christ, imagine yeah. you could absolutely sell thousands of records because yeah, those people how many are, so are hungry for horseshit shit. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. like, I, you know, do a like a white power ska band, like Swastika or something. Like it writes itself if you think about it. Swastika. I actually. I do so we can we can workshop this later. I need I a drummer. A, I had a friend of
0: mine on <laughs> on the last episode, and he um he plays in this band Eternal Boy, which is like a pop punk band from mm. Pittsburgh, something like that. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so he was actually telling me a story from when he played in this band Kill the Clock from Buffalo. And they were on tour, and they got pulled over. The, a bunch of people were in the back, stoned to shit. All the drugs were mm-hmm. in the car or whatever. And the cop comes up, and he's like, oh, do you guys have any drugs on you? And he goes, oh, no, officer. We're a Christian band. And he points, and he had a Jesus bobblehead on his dash. And Smart. he's like, "He's like, we're, we're not a fucking, we don't follow any of that shit. But he, he fucking believed us Yeah, and let him go. He was like, Alright, well, you guys be safe. And that was it. He's like, So from that point on, anytime we got pulled over, no, no, we're a Christian band. We're not into any of that kind of stuff.
1: That's so smart. That's almost as smart as having like I mean, I I didn't tour at a time where like there were like blue line American flag stickers, but like yeah, yeah. that seems like another smart move to put <laughs> on your van. We support the please we support yeah, the state please. troopers or oh whatever those God. fucking words Back- are. Back the blue, holy <laughs> shit! How could you not?
0: Yeah. Okay. So we uh, we discussed a little bit about you coming on here. You said you had some great stories, and you gave me like you know some bullet points. Um, I am very but interested. Dude, I'm in, so sorry. Oh, dude, this is this is great. I <laughs> love this episode already. I'm excited for this one because uh, as a little teeny bopper, I loved them as well. But 2009, hello goodbye. Yeah. Let's hear it.
1: But more what than that, got? hello goodbye. Touring with Hanson, yeah, um, and Steel Train was on that tour. So that's Jack Antonoff, yeah. That's um, crazy. And then, and then this band called
0: Sherwood, which like, dude, they were a MySpace band. They were a MySpace so, band. Yeah, you know, MySpace, MySpace, like, signed them, and they were the f- yep. first band that they signed, and then did absolutely nothing.
1: Yep i I've <laughs> never felt so bad. For a bunch of individuals in my life. Like, you know, I, I don't I don't know how big a tour, you know, you've ever done. But um, when you tour, you know, and I, I was I I would just work the show. I wasn't playing. But um, when you when you play with Hanson, like their fans don't fucking care who you are. They want you to get done. They don't care. Um, how goodbye towed that line. It was technically uh, like a co-headline. So how goodbye towed that line because they had, you know big singles and uh was a fun band to watch but like the the horrific shit that hansen would put people through i'm pretty sure people booed uh sherwood almost every night um goofy bunch of individuals but honestly the it's it's the most fun tour um i've ever i've ever been on um I feel like my entire the only th- the only things I've ever done music adjacent. Uh, one of my best friends growing up is Joe Morrow, who played played guitar in the early November and played Very keyboards cool. and guitar in Hello Goodbye. Um, now is a is a band artist manager for like the Wonder Years and shit, and just Very just cool. a just a really great guy, but. I would ride his coattails and be like, what can I do for your band to get out of here for a little bit? I hate my wife, uh, that (laughs) wife, not, not my current wife, my current wife I love. Um, but you know, we, it was, it was a wild, wild tour full of insane personalities. Um, uh, we, uh, I think, I think my favorite, my favorite story from that tour, we were talking about it the other night, a bunch of us met up for, 4th of July to light fireworks off and annoy neighbors. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we had a day off in Kansas, which is just as fun as you would think it sounds like. Uh, and we spent the entire day trying to buy a used car. We thought like if we could put like 500 bucks together, we could talk somebody into selling us a used car just because we wanted to take it out in the woods and just crash it into trees. Um, <laughs> And we, we walk over to like a used car lot and we're asking this guy, you know, trying to talk him down. We finally get him talked down in price and, uh, and we're like, you know, we're just going to take this off. And some fucking idiot, and I don't remember which idiot it was, but somebody tells him we were going to take it off and like take it to the woods to, to ram into trees and leave it there. And he wouldn't sell us the car. Yeah. He wouldn't do it. I was so, I was so upset. What a, what a once in a lifetime opportunity to like you know possibly kill someone and uh (laughs) destroy mother nature um maybe maybe it's better that it didn't happen that could have no absolutely not i still (laughs) i'm i still chase the dragon of that of that day all of us (laughs) sitting on our phones you just carry 500 bucks with you at all
0: times you just carry 500 bucks with you at all times
1: Uh, I mean, I, I, I was doing merch on that tour. I am no, don't ever hire me to do merch for your (laughs) band. I'm so bad. Not am I, not only am I so bad at it. I mean, like counts had to be accurate. And I guess that's really all that matters. Like the cash is there, but I would, I would forget to give like the TM, the cash, which is even better. The tour manager for that, uh, was this guy named Danny Ruckuson who played trombone in the hippos. Now okay. is now is Billy Eilish's manager, but That's
0: crazy.
1: he would, he had never been like a TM and he would not ask me for the cash. So some days I would have like 10 grand in cash Holy in my pocket. Shit. That's wild. Like, oops. Um, yeah, which only almost got me in trouble. Once we were in, uh, San Francisco and I was walking to go get lunch. My cousin lives in San Francisco or San Francisco adjacent, And I was walking to go get lunch and uh, walking through a neighborhood called the Tenderloin. I don't know if you're familiar. Not Mm -hmm. a place you want to be. And a guy walked out with a knife uh, from like an alley. And I was so nervous that I just started laughing and crossed the street (laughs) (laughs) with like 12 grand and probably 100 grand in checks in my backpack. Holy shit. Fucking (laughs) asshole. Don't ever hire me for shit. (laughs) Oh uh, my god. That's, that's in fact I don't want any of them to hear because I don't think
0: they know that, so I don't want anybody to hear this. They're gonna take Did all I, that okay. money they paid me back. What um what what do you how do you feel about Hanson uh re recording oombop
1: I I haven't it. heard it. I haven't heard it. Um I think you know shit like that's a weird cash grab, no matter how you look at oh, it. Like, easily. there's no way, there's no way you can put an interesting spin on a song that had no interesting interesting spin to begin with. Um, but they're like they're three of the I you know what I mean? I, I, they're three of the weirdest individuals I've ever met. Like as you would assume, right? Right. Um Zach the drummer was probably the most normal of the three of them. Um. They all married women from their fan club. What? Yeah, yeah, that's a weird no. fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, all three of them married women from the fan club. Oh, um, man,
0: that's weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, that is fucking weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, they all lived together in this compound. The first show of that tour was in Tulsa, which is where they live. Okay. And I was... I was like really jockeying. I was like, I want to see where Hanson lives. Like, hopefully they're like, Oh, we're going to have a barbecue after the first show. Nope. Um, some other interesting facts about Hanson shows. I've never seen so many disabled people at a show in my life. I don't know if there's a correlation, but there were like whole sections and this is, you know what I mean? I'm just mostly kidding here, but um, I remember there was a show and somebody like had an like an iron lung, <laughs> like this piece <laughs> of equipment,
0: and I was what? like, "Is this even safe for you to be here? Get the
1: fuck to the hospital!"
0: <laughs> wow, that's insane.
1: <laughs> you really want you really want Bob to be the last thing you hear <laughs> before they pull the plug? <laughs> Jesus, maybe. Christ.
0: Honestly, maybe. I, I so mean, was, I guess maybe was this in there like shortly after their prime? You know, when oh no, this is so far. I mean, this is this is oh
1: nine. Um they had just put out a record that was like co-funded by Tom's, like the shoe company. Okay, yeah, yeah. So part of the tour, part of like the stipulation for the tour was that everybody on the tour had to do this thing every day they called the walk. So you would take off your shoes and everybody would walk, you know, hundreds of people would show up for this bullshit. And you would take off your shoes and walk a mile around the venue barefoot, which like I'll never forget doing it in Detroit and being like, fuck off. I'm not doing that. What are you yeah. nuts? Um, hello, goodbye. <laughs> oh, we'd usually send like staff to go do it. They would never do it. Yeah. Um, smart. Yeah, I, very smart weird. for them.
0: Weird. Just, I don't know. Weird,
1: weird, a real Whatever. weird tour. Um, <laughs> But like, it was cool. You know what I mean? It was, it was, uh, it's really wild now, you know, how huge Jack Antonoff was to think that like, you know, one of the tour pranks last, last show of the tour was like duct taping him to a mic stand, uh, <laughs> like mid song. That was pretty fun. Um, great. yeah, really weird. Also the only time I've ever been kicked out of a venue, like physically picked up and kicked out of a venue. Uh, was one of those shows. That was pretty cool.
0: What did an, you do to uh, get kicked out?
1: You know, so uh, it was the last day of tour. You know, you, you got into tour pranks, right? I feel like yeah, every yeah. single band always acted up on the last day of tour. Um, and, uh, you know, it was all good fun. Um, Hanson went on and locked everybody out of the backstage area. And like some of our guys were trying to leave to go home and couldn't get back to get their stuff. Um, and so like security was like, no one's allowed back. And I was like, that's not going to work. So I started, uh, collecting toilet paper throughout the venue and throwing it at, Hanson on stage and, uh, <laughs> and one of the security guys apparently for some reason didn't think that was funny and picked me up and threw me out of the venue. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a big guy. I sort of gave him credit for it. Um, That's funny. But then I laughed when I got back in and he swung and it was real fun. It was a real fun time. Real just memories, you know.
0: That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> you ever got in a fight at a venue? I don't. Th- I don't think so. Like playing... Like, on a tour? Yeah, sure. We've definitely been in altercations where, like, we've said something or been, like, ready to. But I don't Mm -hmm. remember there being any specific... We were pretty, like, straight-laced when we toured, just because... Yeah. When we were touring heavy, it was when... That's when, like, everybody... All these bands kept getting canceled for, like... revealing their dick to somebody in a photo that they weren't asked or like all this shit. So we were just like, all Mm -hmm. right, we're not going to like go on these tours and try and hook up with chicks. We're not going to do, we're going to party. We're going to have fun, but we're going to do everything in a way where it's like, we're not going to get fucked over later on or like super bad, you know? Mm -hmm. So we didn't really, we didn't really like do anything too fucked up aside from smoking weed in parking lots. Mm -hmm you know, being really drunk and doing stupid shit, but I've sort of bummed. I didn't
1: get into like drugs until after I was like done being in bands. I mean, I guess like not done, but you know what I mean? Like after I was done sort of doing stuff on the road, that's when I found the glorious world of drugs. Right. Um, and I think that would have made things a lot, either a lot better or a lot worse. I don't really know, but yeah, I guess like we used to drink a lot, but Luckily, we had our, our, you know, Adam was straight edge, so. Okay, so you always always had somebody drive. Always had a built-in designated driver, except he was also a very sleepy boy. So (laughs) you could never, I'll never forget all of us waking up. I, I, like, knew it was the Pennsylvania Turnpike, which is honestly the worst stretch of road I've ever, besides, like, the stretch of, like, you know, Connecticut into New York City might be worse, but or like pr- pretty much all of Connecticut, but um, yeah, driving, waking up to him doing like 85 with like a van and a trailer, you know, you could I felt my life flash before my eyes. Yeah, we used yeah, to call him El Diablo sure. after that.
0: So tell me about these uh Hartwell and Aspire weekends. Oh, Aspiga, oh, uh, sorry, Aspiga. Um, Weekend. Do you know Aspiga? Are you familiar with this
1: band? Oh not. man, what a bunch of fucking dick characters! Um, <laughs> so the way where Kevin is a dear friend and I and I and I love him very much. He he has a solo project now called Graduation Speech, I think he just started a new band called Earth, but spelled stupid. So uh, I guess keep your eye out for that. But um, you know they wanted to do weekends all the time, but didn't have a van. And we wanted to do weekends all the time, but didn't have the desire to book anything. So he would book everything and we would just go out. Um, and the shows that he would book, a lot of them would be really cool, but some of the shows he would book would be like, you know, probably the the most notable one was the middle of winter. And we drove out to like central Pennsylvania. What want it say? It was like four hours to get there. Middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania it was like negative degrees outside. And we show up and the show is at a like what used to be like a glass factory, huh. like a small glass factory, but like okay. attached to someone's house in the middle of the woods. Um, And immediately I'm like, we're, I'm not doing this. We can't. do. We can't <laughs> play this show. I got to get <laughs> out of here. I like my life too much. Um, And like within... I don't know, 45 minutes of, you know, doors. There were probably a hundred people in this room, uh, which is like, uh, you know, I'll stay for a hundred people. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You don't even have to pay me. Um, but yeah, what a wild, you know, we were, they told us we could sleep there, um, at around two in the morning when there were still about 25 people there, I was like, this isn't going to work. Uh, So we drove sketchy to a hotel. Um, the van check engine light came on or like the, the battery light came on. Um, so, so, you know, eight people white knuckling through the middle of nowhere for, for what felt like eternity. Um, what a time, but some of those shows were just so dumb He's like you ever played a show you've ever gotten somewhere and you're like, "Why am I here? You
0: know what I mean like I feel like weird. when you're doing the DIY shit, those are like most of them, you know, so
1: yeah, I mean, there were a lot of really great shows um uh and a lot of really fun things I mean because I feel like when you're under when you're like not big enough to have like I don't know what a good number is, but like fifty people show up at a at a venue or like a bar right. You're forced to kind of play things that shouldn't be shows, and sometimes that works out really well. But other times, it's like, "What are we fucking?" Like, have you ever played a show in a, like a storage container?
0: I don't. Think or a storage, a storage unit storage container. No, no, I don't yeah. think so.
1: Those are bad shows.
0: Um, That's got to be like crazy. Just kill your ears. Oh my
1: god, <laughs> people smoking crack. Uh, I think that was what? I think that was Florida. Yeah, I mean, don't ever play for anybody who's a touring band. Just write Florida off unless it's unless it's fast. Write Florida off.
0: I love Fest. We we uh, we played that once. That was great,
1: man. Fest. Yeah, some of the best times I've ever had were like playing Fest and Fest Weekend. It was like if. Um, at least for me, if like 2011 through like 2014 had like a physical yearbook. Yeah. Fest would be your, your annual reunion. Absolutely. Um, You know, especially like, you know, we were, you know, Evan Weiss into it over. It grew up sort of around us, Um, you know, and, and when he moved to Chicago, seeing into it over, it was sort of the only time you would see him in a year or like playing Chicago. Um, so, you know, shows like that, uh, Matt Ferraro and candy hearts seeing them, you know, before I moved to New York, but you know, that's really the only time I would see them. Um, after a while, it was the only time I would see Pentimento, I suppose.
0: Yeah. You guys used to play Buffalo all the time.
1: Well, yeah. Cause we would play with Pentimento and like yeah,
0: yeah. 200,
1: 300 people would show up. Wouldn't you play all the time? <laughs> we, we used to joke like. You know, there was there was a very short period of time where we, maybe, like, six years ago, probably less, were like, let's do a reunion show. You know what I mean? Like, let's find something that we could benefit that would, like, warrant doing re- – like, I want to do it. Right. And I just – I just want to revisit that material, you know, with my friends. Right. Um, you know, what can we do that we could donate this money to, you know, the tens of dollars we would get for playing shows. (laughs) And I was like, you know, it would have to be Buffalo, Buffalo. We, we would outdraw, you know, our home shows in Buffalo because it was just such a fun place to play. And like, Everybody was just stoked on bands coming through, or at least it seemed like everybody was stoked on bands coming through.
0: The music scene was and still is amazing in Buffalo. I'm, I've yeah, definitely fallen out of it quite a bit. Just mm-hmm. bought a house in the suburbs and sure. big boy job and all that shit, so I don't go out mm-hmm. as much. But it uh, when I do, man, there's people always show up. You know, it's always yeah. A good
1: time. M- Mohawk around that time felt like a clubhouse. I always knew whenever we would play Mohawk, I would see the same 50 people that I was always really excited to see when we would go to Buffalo. Um, Yeah, Buffalo is just such a – Whenever I talk to people who grew up in Buffalo now, I'm like, love that place, and they can't understand why somebody who's not from there would like it. Um, I can't can't think of anywhere – that makes me, that had the same community that I would see frequently maybe Mm -hmm. Columbia, South Carolina had like a very similar vibe going on with like one unit and those shows, I don't know, have you ever played uh, New Brooklyn Tavern? It sounds familiar It's my favorite venue in the country, it's it's the greatest place Uh, I think the last time we played there was with into it over it and oh god what was that band called make do and mend i don't know but i remember one of the guys who was playing it into it over the time climbing the billboard out back and shooting roman candles (laughs) off this billboard thinking like we're gonna die somebody's gonna die um and no one ever died not that i know of i think they're all still with us but yeah buffalo i mean you know, and it it was nice because I we always knew that we could, on zero notice, crash at Mike and Becca's house, uh, whether they liked it or not. <laughs> um, I re- there was a there was a year that we played, like five shows all within a short drive of Buffalo on mm-hmm. purpose, so we could just stay at their house for a week. It was like we would go, I, we played Buffalo, and then the next night we played. And I know we're going to get to this, but we played the worst show I've ever played in my life <laughs> in Toronto. Um, and then we played like Rockchester. You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah, what? Yeah. You, you did what's the a, circuit. Yeah. What's a, what's a short enough? It's almost like doing a weekend from somebody else's <laughs> yeah. house. Yeah. That's awesome. God, I love it. Yeah. That's,
0: what a, that's That was the best part of touring really was when you knew when you were going to like, oh, I'm going through here. I got a place to crash.
1: Yeah. That was the best part. Um, Did you guys have somebody sleep in the van? We always had at least one person sleep in the van just to make sure no shenanigans happened.
0: One of the only places that I always did that was Philly. Philly Uh, makes sense. A lot of gear stolen in Philly. A lot of gear stolen in Philly. And, And I was the last one to sleep in the van in Philly. And some dude came a knocking. Mm. And I pulled a knife and was like, get the fuck out of your mother. Cause he was like reaching up in the the window. Cause I had the window. It was Mm. warm or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, man, this sucks. You know, it, it just like, I'm not going to fucking sleep kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. And that was only, that was only when we wouldn't bring it in. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Richmond was, Richmond was a city I never trusted. Richmond was the only place that I remember somebody trying to rip us off. Um, And and I think, I don't think anybody was going to sleep in the van that night, but the people we were staying with had kittens. And if you've ever stayed someone's house with kittens, fuck them for not telling you ahead of time. Yep. But, uh, I mean, yeah, thanks for putting me up, but also fuck you. (laughs) Um, but we slept in the van and good thing. Uh, I, I like wake up to hear a jiggling and and I get out of the van and I get out of the van and probably like, size three X basketball shorts with no <laughs> shirt on, um, to some dude like, Oh, I thought this was my girlfriend's trailer. Your girlfriend's trailer. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, please just tell all your crackhead friends not to fucking come around here. I don't know. Crackhead, such a catch all term. I guess that I need to come up with something better. Degenerates. Dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just straight up dickheads.
0: I, uh, so I have one one ridiculous story experience with uh, somebody saying we could crash at their place and them having a cat. Mm. We were on a sixty day full U.S. with uh, a fortune in fame. I don't know if you remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, they we all went in one van, so it's a fifteen passenger van, nine guys pulling a ten ten foot trailer. I think <sighs> play a house show in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a fucking blast. It was Halloween. People were going nuts. It was just a party, dude. There's, it was so much fun. It was awesome. I have a lot of fond memories about that night. It was a blast. Guy goes, "Hey, after uh, after the show, you guys can crash here, no problem. Just so you know, I do have a cat, but it is kitty litter trained. It's litter trained. Mm-hmm. Cool, perfect, whatever." So we're getting ready for bed in the basement, and mind you, this neighborhood is like a new built neighbor ho- neighborhood. Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. This house. This kid is living in this house, but he lives in it like it's a punk house. It's disgusting, but it's beautiful. And there's like crazy rooms in this place and everything, but he takes care of it like it's a punk house. Throw shows there, whatever. Fine. Well, he told us that the cat was kitty litter trained, but he lied because when I woke up the next day, the cat pissed all over everything I owned. It pissed on my sleeping bag. Just me. Fuck on my sleeping off. bag, on my pillow next to my fucking head, mm. my duffel bag that had literally every piece of clothing I owned. Mm. And I woke up. I'm like, Does anybody else smell the B.O.? It's fucking yeah. reeks down here like B.O. <laughs> 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 and uh, Nick, uh, Nick Burger or Ian from uh, A Fortune Fame goes, Nah, dude, that's cat piss. I was like, no. Mm. They're like, that's cat piss. Y- mm-hmm. You got to... You- you got to leave it in the trailer because we can't put it in the fucking the van. Dude, I was so mad because later on we were getting ready to leave and I'm like fucking trying to get rid of the smell. This guy is outside talking to some chick that was at the show the night before. And he's like, yeah, I, uh, I found that cat a couple days in the alleyway down the street and I just took it in. Oh, so you found a fucking stray cat, what brought it into the house, and then you didn't tell us. Oh, dude, I was so upset. I, was I mean, so that's upset.
1: that is pretty punk. That's pretty punk. <laughs> like, so what did you? What did you do with your shit? Did you so wash? I it all, left. Did you... I left
0: everything in the trailer, and then like the uh-huh. next place we played, someone in unfortunate fame knew somebody there, so they let me wash all my shit at their house. I washed it five times probably throughout the night. Mm. Just kept going, putting in a, a rewash, rewash. Cause I couldn't get rid of the smell. So mm. I think I ended up ditching some stuff. And then just like eventually my sweat from playing in the clothes took over the cat piss smell and mm. then it was fine. But dude, that was, it was right at the, it was like maybe within the first three shows that this happened of a 60 day fucking tour. It was terrible.
1: So, uh, on the subject of smelling terribly. Yes. Um, cause we were like a pretty clean band. I don't think nobody was, nobody was punk. I mean, no, nobody was punk. Um, <laughs> I had been rushing to try to get ready to leave for tour. And I, and I don't even really think we were gone for two, three weeks, like not even that much. Um, and I was like rushing to try to get ready for tour, um, and I had washed all of my clothes and then gone to work and remembered them like three days later, put them in the dryer. Uh, and every day I would put on a new set of clothes and then by the end of the day or after the show, like my body heat would bring out the mildew smell. Oh, and yeah. so every single day I would have to throw away what I wore that day. Oh,
0: so and, like,
1: and it got to the point where I had to buy new clothes almost every day. Like, I would, you know, obviously, whatever band we played with, I'd be like, I need, can I have a T-shirt, please? <laughs> like, I need something to wear tomorrow. Right. But, yeah, I used to, I bought, I bought packs of underwear, you know, and which I honestly think, if you can afford it, um, and you, you, I hate doing laundry, personally, still do, Um, you just buy Buy packs of underwear, wear them once, throw them away. Who gives right. a shit?
0: Right, underwear. And I don't socks. Care.
1: I don't get. I don't care about the. Oh, I've never worn. That's the thing that ever, always made everybody mad that I've never been a sock wearer. Oh, so
0: man. you were okay, Anthony. I used guy? To, We used to make Anthony. He would buy a new pair of shoes
1: for <laughs> the tour,
0: and they would be brand new, but he wouldn't wear socks. And uh-huh. then, like, depending on how long the tour was, we used to like take his shoes and just leave them at a rest stop without him knowing sometimes. And then he'd have to buy a new pair because it, dude, it was so bad. It was disgusting. It smelled so bad.
1: I mean, you know, and it was even worse when I switched to, I, you know, I tried to like go take care of the problem by using like powder or something in my shoes in lieu of socks. I mean, this is like, I don't know if it was just because like, no, no, no show socks hadn't hit the, the wide market by that point, but um, yeah, so I would put powder and everything, which like that powder doesn't just disappear, it turns into like big black lumps on the inside of your shoes. Right. So my shoes would be like pasty, almost yeah. like putting my feet in Elmer's glue every day, which wasn't that good either. Um, <laughs> I would sometimes, I don't I, like. No one, no one will remember this. But um, if we would stay at somebody's house, sometimes I would like switch insoles with them. Like if they had Vans, I would rip the Vans insoles <laughs> out of their shoes and put them in mine, and put mine in theirs. Like, I don't know what fucking happened. So <laughs> genius. So Brandon, Brandon Pagano, if you're out there, <laughs> I, I probably stole your insoles once, dog. I'm very That's sorry hilarious. about it.
0: I love Brandon. He's uh, yeah, he's supposed to be on pretty soon. I actually, uh, so Vito. Uh, comes to my house with Madison uh, at least once a year for the the uh, Bills game, mm-hmm. which is always a good time. So it's it's nice to always stay in touch with them. Love those, love those guys. What
1: a, um, what like a, I I don't think you could possibly say enough nice things about that family. I've never Literally. like it. Still, it still doesn't fucking make any sense to me how a group of people could be so kind. Um, you know, I, for years I would text Karen on mother's day or mm-hmm. like text Vito on father's day. Like I, you know, I, I, somebody recently was, was saying that like, you know, the, every, every like touring cycle, there was always like a family that would like look out for bands and right, like yeah. for, for us, it just happened to be the Paganos, but, same, um, you know, and, a bunch of uh, like five grown men over you know in their mid to late 20s around like teenage daughters is just such like a you know soup you got to trust them and and they were just so so nice um we weathered a uh, an earthquake in their basement once oh really yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There was a random
0: earthquake. Here we were in, like, upstate New York. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. What's crazy I don't know me. what that was. but What's crazy to me about the Paganos is um, not only would they take anybody in, but, like, if you were to be like, hey, there's this band. They're good people. Mm-hmm. I know you don't know them. They need a place to crash tonight. If you vouched for them and they, like, trusted you, they would mm-hmm. just do it. They never yeah. meeting these people and they'd be like, okay, they'll be there at 11 PM or some shit, you know? And like, yeah, I it's, that's just insane to me. Like yeah, they are just the best people. And then Vito is a fucking hero from yeah. the nine 11 shit. Like he was in the buildings yeah. and stuff. Just insane. Yeah.
1: He was in the planes. Um <laughs> The, uh they, they had, if I remember right, it feels like a lifetime ago, but if I remember right, they had like a light, outside it was a red light outside mm-hmm. of their house and if the red light was on it meant that like you could come in and stay and if the light was off like you know i i don't think i ever saw the light off so i don't know what would yeah. happen but um but yeah wild and, and i've i've never i had never i in the like 10 times we stayed at their house i brandon was never there yeah so he was wild.
0: rarely there because so the first tour I ever did was actually Brandon's first tour. Um, mm-hmm. I filled in for Doses from Rochester, and oh yeah, he, they went on tour. We went on tour with I Was a Hero, so mm-hmm. that's how I got introduced we, to the. I paganos. think we
1: played with you on that
0: tour. Probably, potentially, I'm not. I sure. think,
1: I think we played a show in like a Pennsylvania firehouse with like citizens. Yes, yes we tried to steal a fire truck at that show <laughs> what? um yeah the i was i was saying like i was like oh i i don't think that fire trucks can possibly be that hard to drive you know i don't understand why people have to go through all this training And, uh, and I had like boosted myself up in one of the, I don't know why I'm whispering, but (laughs) I had boosted myself up in one of the fire trucks and realized like the keys are in it. The keys are in it. Like (laughs) we got to start this thing. So I go ahead and turn the key. Nothing happens. And I'm like, you know, finally after like 20 minutes of trying to like, and anytime a firefighter would come by, I would like. (laughs) Like duck under Like they don't know some dickhead dude Is sitting there trying to start a fire truck There's a switch you have to flip To like engage the fuel pump I had no idea I just thought you could rip those (laughs) things And also what the fuck was I gonna do If I even got that thing started (laughs) Holy shit What a a nightmare Nah I think I gotta talk my way out of it That was such a weird show It's, It's incredible How big Citizen got after that
0: yeah it's a it's crazy to think of those shows you know um we were we played the Pagano's New Year's Eve show, mm-hmm. and that was modern baseball they were like the first band to play, nobody knew who they were for the most part it was really early on in their in their uh career um and then who else it was candy Hearts Panameno, us um there was like 12 bands. I don't remember everybody yeah. else who played, but it was just they like, were, they were all good. Yeah. And, and to think like just playing this basement show, which was a banger, there was, you know, 60 people in this basement that probably should have mm-hmm. had 20. And sure. then everyone just partied afterwards. Um But to think like, I think about it all the time. I'm like, dude, modern baseball was on that show. And like, no one really knew, like that was when they started popping off. Right. It was right before, <laughs> Or around that time. So, like, kids knew who they were. But then, I don't know, less than a year later, they're doing headline tours to a thousand cap rooms, if not bigger, depending on where they're at. Like, just crazy to see how big people got from where they came from, you know? And
1: how fast. Um, I think we played a front-bottom show once, and there were, like, 50 people there. And then the very next year, you know, they were headlining, you know... 1500 cap venues right? Um, yeah. and like good for you. I mean, did you ever get, to, I mean, I don't want to get all depressed and like, but did you ever think like, what did I do wrong? You know I mean, where did I go wrong that like I didn't, and I know like I can point easily to it. I I know exactly the missteps I made yeah. to like, a lot of it was that like all of us had to have jobs. So there was never really a point where we could be like, we can tour six months out of the year, you mm-hmm. know, which then makes you not that attractive to l- record labels. And if you are attractive to record labels, it's uh, fucking Panic Records that doesn't know what the fuck they were doing. Right. And, yeah. Um. I told the story. Actually, this is. D- do you know, Tim? Have you ever talked to Tim,
0: Tim from uh, Panic Records? I don't think so. No.
1: Oh, OK. I didn't know if he like was, was in on that grab too. I felt like anybody who was associated with pentimento, like they tried to scoop up, um, young English, you know, all of it. But, uh, I got, I've, I've not been drinking recently. I've been off the sauce. Uh, and the other night I was, I was very much on the sauce. Uh, <laughs> and I woke up the next morning after showing somebody like a Heartwall video, cause I was wasted. Um, and I woke up the next morning to find that I had texted, I had texted Tim McIntosh two words and you, I probably don't even have to tell you what those two words are, but I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a dude, I, I probably haven't talked to in forever. <laughs> Just fuck you. And I don't even know, like, why would I do? I'm not a
0: dude who does that. Um, but seriously, oh, fuck man. you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, we, we knew not to because, so we were on anchor 84, um, out in LA. That was the label uh-huh. we were on. Uh, but we, I think we knew better than to jump, like even try towards panic because of Panic. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, I remember getting the. Like the contract or whatever, and sending it to anybody I knew in the music business. And every single person was like, if you sign this, you're the biggest dumbass on the planet. Like <laughs> he's taken everything and giving yeah. you nothing. I want yeah. to say the recording budget that he agreed to was like $1,800. That's which,
0: who's doing a record for that?
1: Right. That's like three days worth of recording or whatever, which yeah. to think about it now. Some of the greatest records I've ever heard in my life were recorded in three days. You know what I mean? Like, wasn't God damn it, uh, Alkaline Trio, God damn it, wasn't that done in, like, three days or something? Like, Belle and Sebastian Tiger Milk was, like, recorded in two days and mixed in one. I don't think I have a clear enough vision to be able to execute in in three days. So, uh, you know, that that wasn't going
0: to work. Are those dudes doing, like, all instrumentation live? You know what I mean? Live. Yeah, like, the, all at the same time. That's the only way yeah. you're doing that. I there's right. I mean, I can see Mountains did that um with one of their records. God, what maybe, a fucking great maybe band. Two. Great band. Uh, Holy shit. Super American. Fucking yeah. Matt as well just still killing it. Um but yeah, so they I know they did at least one of their records that way. It just has that raw sound, which is like that shit you, you grow up on, like in the nineties yeah. emo, you know what I mean. It felt like yeah. that, which is great. But I, I don't think you're doing yeah. that. On, you're not doing three days unless you're doing that.
1: No, and there's like there's an urgency that comes with doing it that way. That like is like nervous energy, which I think makes a right. really compelling record. Um, do, if anybody is out there, like I'm about to do my first LP, what's the way not to do it? I'll tell you what the way not to do it is. <laughs> don't go to like four different studios to all do four different things and then try to piece it together at the end. Um, I had a friend who, who played in a band called orchid, you know, if you're any, any screamo heads out there. Um, and he did the guitars on the Hartwell LP. Um, and then we did the drums and bass and stuff at, uh, Gradwell in South Jersey, which like, I think we pieced together six different vocal sessions for that record. Wow. Just awful. Yeah. Just like I listen to the record now. I mean, not very often, but every like, you know, I'd say, you know, twice a year, I'll listen to it straight through and it like it's such a wild, you know, man, if I could just go back and be like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you want to do. In fact, it would have been better if we just recorded it ourselves, I think. But yeah you know for some reason for your first lp that's on a label that never feels like that's the move mm-hmm. um but then when you turn it into panic records and you get a phone call saying like i'm not putting this out i hate it
0: like <laughs> so that's
1: how it goes, man
0: that's that's uh i couldn't i couldn't imagine having to do it like that just like trying to piece it yeah. all together and not having it's the input of the other guys there too that's crazy
1: yeah it's a nightmare i mean like I think I'm going to make a record. I've been, I've been sort of like piecing stuff together and I, I have that like need for the spotlight right now. I think, you know, Mm. I'm such like a, you'll, you'll know shortly, but like once you have a kid, you sort of become like a supporting character in your own life. (laughs) And I think there's like a point where you're like, okay, hold on. I used to do something really fun and I want to do that again. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm on the precipice of doing that again. I've had I've had Joe Morrow's uh, electric drums for the past probably two years, um, so uh, you know I have the equipment. I'm ready. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll v drum it out. Don't think I won't.
0: I've been saying that for freaking fifteen years. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. write a song and I'm gonna release it all by myself. I can. Yeah. I I dabble in guitar. I wouldn't say that I'm a guitarist by any means. You know. Uh, oh,
1: same. I mean, I've played for more than half my life and I would still (laughs) never like I've never when somebody's like oh you're a musician I'm like oh no I am not a (laughs) musician I play guitar I sing poorly but I wouldn't say I'm a musician it's a hobby it's a hobby I would say (laughs) I think when I was 13 maybe 12 I learned how to play Nevermind and Siamese Dream like front to back and I think I never got better
0: I don't believe that (laughs)
1: No, it's bad. I can play a really convincing open G. I'll send it to you. It's pretty good. Nice. It's pretty good.
0: (laughs) So I want to circle back to, you were saying your least favorite show you ever played. The worst show you ever played was in Toronto. my God.
1: It's like painful to even (laughs) think about. It was the closest my, it was the closest we ever got to breaking up. We lost our van that day. We couldn't find our van. Um, We played, we had, we had, We had set sail from uh, from the Hanson residence that morning, um, you know, ready to have fun. The first thing that happened was we went to cross the border right there in Buffalo or I guess Niagara or whatever. Um, And Adam, the drummer, had fallen asleep. And when we got to the border crossing, I miscounted the amount of people we had in the van. And he, like, pops up halfway through me talking to the border guard. The border guard sees there's, like, one more person than I said there was. Oh, no. So, of course, like, we have to pull over. They almost tore the entire van apart before I was just like, let me show you everything. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting here all day. Um, There's a band or was a band from Toronto called, I think they were called Sparrows. Not Red Sparrows, but just Sparrows. Mm -hmm. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar, yeah. Um, that dude, we had, I think we had talked on a message board, possibly bridge nine. You know, I can't confirm or deny. Um, but he was like, Hey, you know, i like your band. I want to set up a show. Are you coming anytime soon? And so we had like pick this date. The show was at a venue called the bovine sex club. Oh, okay. On queen street, which is still there. Still just as terrible as you would imagine. Um, We get there and every other band that was supposed to play the show had dropped off um, and they had replaced them with cover bands. We could have not played, but I think there's like, when you go through, I mean, that was like a full day of travel at that point. And like, you know, we, I think we had already lugged our gear in. They made us set up the merch in the very back corner of the venue, like Far, down, down like three hallways at a place that like no human being would ever mm. go. You know, we set up. There was a weird, I remember there being a weird railing in front of the stage. That's weird to play to nobody yeah. across a railing. Um, I want to say there was maybe five people, four of them were bartenders. You know, but what do you do in that situation? Because um, that's happened a few times. I don't know how many absolutely. Negative attendance shows you've had I think we always made Ourselves play the full set Just like we would any other day Right Which is almost more demoralizing When you're like You know I don't think I was 30 I could have been 30 But just like what am I fucking doing with my life We got an argument about something And You know everybody like walked away From the van angry And I was like well that's it this is done Um, I went to a bar that was not far away. They had friends on the TV. I'm a big baseball fan. And I had asked the bartender if if he could find any baseball on TV. And this very large Canadian man came over and put his hand on my shoulder and was like, we only watch hockey in here. And I was like, (laughs) not tonight, my friend, just kidding. And he, and that guy took my beer and chugged it. And I quickly left as soon as I could. Um, but what a yeah! What an awful show. I don't remember. I think vegan poutine may have gotten us all back together that night. But were you guys we, all vegans? I, oh, we we had gotten because they were doing speed uh, speed camera tickets, and I think we got four tickets that night, or like four tickets throughout that day. Mm-hmm. We easily we easily paid a thousand dollars to play
0: that show. That's insane.
1: Like in life, yeah, um, and other, yeah. What an awful. I I never we never played a good show in Baltimore. Every time I go past where the venue was we would play all the time. Um I'm filled with grief knowing that I'm a failure. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you know how it is. I oh, they yeah, all dude. can't be winners, I at, guess.
0: At least that one like wasn't terribly far from home, I guess. I don't you know. It felt like it was. Yeah. I
1: don't know why I felt we were um early risers that's also like kind of a controversial thing that I was always yeah. really happy that we were all on the same page about that. Like, um, cause I, we would never drive at night or at least not more than like an hour. Uh, if we could help it. Cause I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm fond of, of living. I don't want to not do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, so we would like get up at eight in the morning and like, you know, head out and spend the day in whatever city we were going to be in. Cause you always hear bands talk about like, Oh, being on tour and all you see is like venues and hotels. Like we would do the shit. Cause I'm like, when I, w- you know, what if I can't do this anymore? And I always felt really bad for Bob who played guitar and sang as the only non-vegan in the band, um, having to put up with our bullshit all the time. <laughs> we would go to Chipotle almost every day and he would, he would uh take the van and go to like McDonald through the McDonald's drive through and then pick <laughs> us back up like what a horrific life we made him live <laughs> i feel <laughs> so bad like victimizing your own band members yeah from your like, lifestyle it's not choices not terrible
0: man it could have been worse could have been uh, way worse I, bobs like a
1: bobs a burgers and dogs guy bob does not okay. want to mix yeah. with mess with ethnic food <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny Sorry, are you still vegan?
1: No. Oh, heavens, no. no. Okay. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I was vegan up until I met my wife. Um, okay. And then, then we had a bacon cheeseburger, and that was that.
0: Love that. That's a, that's yeah. a great, it's a great way to end your streak. <laughs>
1: you gotta, I mean, go, go, uh, go harder, go hard. That's what I always say.
0: All right. So <sighs> next year on the list, uh, it says cockroaches. That's all you gave me. I oh, my no God. Idea.
1: Um, the other worst show that I've ever played in my life. What's actually sort of fun? I think we played with doses too. It was in Erie. We played a we played a house show in the Erie basement. Um, in an Erie basement, and um, it was a fun show. Saint Brazil played that show. They were on tour. Honestly, the best band that no one's ever heard of. Um, you will never find any of their stuff. So you just have to take my word for it. But, um, we played like a fun show. Uh, and right afterwards, uh, Scott who played bass in Hartwell started packing his stuff up and he was like, we're leaving right now. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, we're leaving this moment. We have to get out of here. We have to like hose all of our shit down. Um, and we get out and we go back in cause I forgot something. And he starts pointing out there were cockroach eggs on every surface of this house, Ugh. up and down the walls. If you've oh never seen God. cockroach eggs, just imagine like the worst basement you've ever been in. Ugh. Um, it was in somebody's grandparents' basement while the entire family was upstairs So awkward, like everybody who came to the show, which was like 50 people in this basement, everybody who came to the show had to like walk through the living room of like (laughs) a grandparent on life support watching Jeopardy. It was what an awful way to live. I actually think now I'm thinking about it. I think that's that was the tour that we got. Um, It was when Jordan and her sister lived together. Yeah in edinburgh, edinburgh, oh yeah. edinburgh yeah. Oh yeah we got snowed into their house oh that's the day i went vegan oh my god this is a good one <laughs> um i would they would uh bob would kick my ass if i didn't or make fun of me if i didn't tell this story um thankfully this podcast is called stories so i can just keep going <laughs> story time um We we had spent the night. It was it was so excited to go to Tim Hortons the next day. I had never been to a Tim Hortons before. Really? Um, Yeah. And we had gotten snowed in. There was like two feet of snow on the ground, so we're not going anywhere. Uh, You know, our van and trailer was like at the CVS next door, Um, and they were seriously so kind to let us stay for like I don't know two days or however long we stayed. Um, But we uh, we walked down to Tim Hortons um, you know, trudge through, you know, eight feet of snow or whatever the fuck it was. Um, and we walk in and I was like third in line and the, and the first two guys both got breakfast sandwiches. And so I'm jovially talking to the person at the counter and I was like, (laughs) here's what I want. Tell me if I can have this. Can you make me a bacon, egg and cheese, but put it on a donut. Is that okay? Can we do that? <laughs> and she goes, I'm sorry, sir. We actually just stopped serving breakfast. And I'm like thinking she's fucking with me. Cause <laughs> the two people in line ahead of me had just gotten breakfast <laughs> sandwiches. And, uh, and I'm like, Oh, that's funny. Like, you know, and she's like, no, we just stopped serving breakfast. And I'm like, in the, in the 30 seconds, it's me you stop serving breakfast and I'm trying not to give it a hard time. You know, people who, people who work those jobs have a lot harder life than I do. So, and I keep being like, are you sure? I was, I, I guess <laughs> I was sort of notorious for like food free guts. I get pretty hangry. Um, and I angrily yell in front of everyone. I guess I'll have nothing. And I went and sulked <laughs> in the corner and I went vegan I went vegan for, like, eight years because I was so angry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that man. Talk absurd. about dipshit life choices. I, like, <laughs> if there was, like, a dipshit Olympics, I would be a gold medalist, my dude. That is
0: hilarious, dude. dude. That's so funny. What a time. Oh, okay. So what, what was your – see, this is going to be interesting. You're probably just going to say Chipotle. What was your favorite food on the road? Like, where did you feel you got the best meal and bang for your buck? I mean, Chipotle, Chipotle probably only
1: because we would do the thing that every band did and like call ahead and like try to wrangle free food. And beg. Um, you would beg. Yeah.
0: yeah <laughs> it's called which, begging.
1: That's what we all did. Well, they, uh, I mean, Chipotle specifically, you know, I don't know if this is just like insider baseball or whatever, but like we were told by every band that if you called Chipotle ahead of time and you were like, Hey, we're a band on tour. Like we know sometimes you guys have comp meals you have to give out for the day. Like mm-hmm. do you mind helping like seven of us out or whatever? Um, I would say 80% of the time they were like, sure, come on right, in. Yeah. we'll take care of you. Um, and there were times where we would get like two burritos a piece and they yeah. were just so nice about it. Um, but I would say like towards the end we were very fond of the of the Pizza Hut buffet. Love that. Before the Pizza Hut buffet ended, um a lot of fun was had. I don't know
0: how we did it vegan. Cuz I don't I don't even I don't even think the crust is vegan. I don't think it is, yeah. That's why I was saying that's why I was, you know, saying you're probably just going to say Chipotle because yeah, you guys are all vegan. I mean like a lot of we
1: we used a lot of our friends' bands leftover uh, Taco Bell box from yeah. Feed the Beat, yep. so so it was never a shortage of Taco Bell. Um, I was the only person in the band with sort of a strong stomach. Everybody else, if they had like Taco Bell two nights in a row, would absolutely shit themselves <laughs> the entire next day. So I was always lucky in that respect. But yeah, a lot of that. Um, there was stuff we would look forward to. Every time we would go to Buffalo, we would go to Panos.
0: Yeah, yeah. P-
1: Panos, Panos. Panos, which no longer exists. What a bummer. That place was great. Mm. Um I mean a lot of a lot of um we would order like after hours, you can't pick up from Domino's. Um, so we would sit in the parking lot and order Domino's delivery to whatever the address next door was and just sort of, like, jump out and scare the delivery person <laughs> who was just trying to do their goddamn job. Seven hungry apes would come pouring out of a van. Did you guys always <laughs>
0: tour with seven people?
1: No, I. that's true. We would tour. There were four of us, and we would normally just bring one other guy. Okay. Yeah. In fact, usually the same other guy, my guy, my guy Mike Maduro, who I haven't talked to in probably a year, and I feel bad about that all of a sudden. <laughs> Never too. But later, yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> it's real hard. Uh, you know, we had a we had a 15 passenger van. It was the greediest thing we've ever done. Tour in a 15 passenger van with like just a few people. Everybody mm-hmm. had their own bench, which was really nice. Um Yeah, I that so, way so no loft. In the van. No, we did a loft for one tour. And I think someone stopped short. We and we kept gear up there when we were driving, and somebody stopped short, and like a guitar case slid forward and smacked somebody in the head, and we were like, Yeah, never gonna do that again. The loft yeah. thing, the loft thing sounds like a good idea.
0: Did you do it? We did it in every van, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I used to watch, you know, Pentimento did it, and I used to watch like how uncomfortable. They looked when yeah. they did it. Um, we did it cause we thought we had to, uh, Scott built the loft in the van that we had that was just a little too tall. So when you were sleeping up there, you were almost like nose and boner to the ceiling. So yeah, I've never a fan. That's why we always toured like with as few people as possible. So everybody sort of got their own bench poor poor Mike would have to like we I think we would slide a cooler up between the front seats and And lay across yeah poor guy like think about having to sit in somebody else's fart all (laughs) night you know what I mean so true Uh, (laughs) I didn't even think of that (laughs) you know it's shocking that that he never I think he did get pink eye at fest once
0: (laughs) 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 or like right after fest wow that's crazy that is funny as shit. All right, man. Uh, I think we're winding down here. We're almost at yeah. the two-hour mark, ish. Holy uh, shit! Close. Really? We're getting we're getting there. It's about ten. 15, oh, 10, Ooh,
1: boy. This yeah, is like can... a this is like a run into the ground episode. <laughs> uh, so, what record do you want to talk about, real well, quick? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, man. Anytime you want to come on, I'm. You are welcome to come on. Uh, this was awesome. A blast. This was, uh, yeah. This was next, really fun. Next time, I'll I'll be a little more prepared with uh, records to, to discuss with you.
1: records for me to shit on. That would be amazing. I love that. Anytime, anytime, (laughs) anytime. Have you listened? There's a podcast called this Band Your band sucks. This band sucks.
0: I think I have listened to an episode and yeah, they did a Wilco
1: episode. Wilco is one of my favorite bands. Um, and they tore them apart, and I love it. Uh, (laughs) I don't know, but I've always heckled bands I love. I remember heckling The Promise Ring when I was younger. I, like, heckled the bands I like the most, which is, you know, you roast your friends the hardest, I suppose. Yo, this was really fun. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Go ahead and... uh Promote anything you want to promote one more time? Yeah. So, uh, run into the ground,
1: uh, new episodes, Tuesdays, um, episode 100 will be up. A week after this comes out, I'm very excited the day this comes out. We have an episode with Steve Brooks who played in Torch and Floor. That episode's really great. Talk a lot about dog grooming for some reason. (laughs) Um, But you can follow that at run into the ground on Instagram, um, on Twitter, the doomed social media at run in the number two the ground. Also, If you could join the Patreon, that would be really sick. Our Patreon's really starting to take off and those bonus episodes get real, real spicy. So I think it's patreon.com slash run into the ground. We're actually launching our first shirt also, which I don't know if that's cool or corny. I would never buy podcast merch, but please buy
0: ours. I own four podcast shirts. Oh man, (laughs) I hope you're about to
1: own five. Um, But thank you so much again. what, What do you have to plug?
0: This is about it, man. This is all I got going for me. Everybody, make sure you like and subscribe the podcast. Uh, Everything he's got going on, I will have down below in the description, the link to his Patreon, everything like that. Be sure to follow everything he's got going on. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye,
1: bitch.